We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You better get out your spatulas because Oregon flipped two All-Americans on signing day, and we're breaking it down on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. I am fired up, folks. It's been a heck of a day. For Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks on the recruiting trail, day one of the three-day early signing period. And man, we got some fireworks to dive into on today's episode. I'm not rolling solo, though. I am so glad to be joined by Ducks Digest writer Israel LaRue, who's been doing some great work for us over on the site lately. Is how we doing, man? Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm good, Max. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about all the exciting recruits that we had today. Yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy day. Um, I know you're out on the East Coast right now with some family, but I was getting, I got up early just to kind of dive into everything. So our time zones are a little bit off, but thankfully we have technology to to uh, kind of get us together here. Um, but I want to talk about the big items of the day, uh, specifically on the prep side of things, on the high school side of things. The Ducks did also land a commitment from Kansas State Safety Kobe Savage, which is a huge addition for the secondary in 2024, but we'll come out with an episode on that later. Let's start things off talking about Jeremiah McClellan because the 2024 St. Louis, Missouri Christian Brothers wide receiver flipped his commitment from Ohio State to Oregon, which is a crazy thing to say because Ohio State let's just call it what it is, is a wide receiver factory. So we don't see uh, Ryan Day and certainly not Brian Hartline lose out on, on top wide receiver commits, but Oregon goes in to steal a top commit from what is now a conference rival. What do we think, man? What were kind of your reactions here? Yeah, I mean, when you talk about that flip, you kind of put into question about what's going on at Ohio State. Um, you look at the quarterback position, it's not really the best in the country. And then you look at Oregon's quarterback room. Um, I mean, you got Dylan Gabriel and now Dante Moore backing him up. So I think McClellan, he's kind of looking at the quarterback room at Oregon. He's like, hey, I mean, I can make something happen right here. 
Um, Ohio State, they definitely do develop receivers, but maybe I can get in earlier than the other guys that are gonna, I would be behind at Ohio State and play with a great veteran quarterback with Dylan Gabriel and even then develop that relationship with Dante Moore these next couple of years. Yeah, you talked about the quarterback room in both of these school at both of these schools. Certainly interesting to to find ourselves in this kind of a situation. Certainly after Ohio State just produced CJ Stroud, who I think was the number two pick in, in, in last year's draft and is just having a great year with the Texans, and then Kyle McCord comes in and the Buckeyes had a really good year record-wise, but it just kind of always felt throughout the year like they were a little bit lacking there at the quarterback spot. Um, and it's it's crazy how small and how slim the margin for error is because once they lost to Michigan, I think that that was kind of what you know unraveled their season. Um, you could say that to a similar degree with Oregon, right, when they lost to Washington uh, for a second time in the Pac-12 title game and, and there was a playoff berth on the line. The wind kind of felt like it came out of the sails there, but I think I've said it before losing that game. I think it just made Dan Lanning and the ducks push the gas pedal down even harder when it comes to recruiting. But Jeremiah McClellan for people who don't know about him, I've talked about him numerous times on the podcast, but he's coming in in the updated two four seven sports composite as a four-star recruit 0.9766, the number 49 overall player in the country number 13 wide receiver, and then number three recruit in the state of Missouri. In case you guys aren't watching us on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Tours, we got some film on the screen for you guys right now so you can see what the Ducks are getting in this big-time pass catcher. I know that one of the things that stands out about McClellan is, is his physical frame. I think that he comes just kind of ready to go at the college level, six foot, 190 pounds, Great route runner, and he can do a lot aside from just creating separation. Great ball skills, can, can do a little bit after the catch clearly as well. But I'm super excited about this signing for the Ducks, Israel, because um, because you just need big-time playmakers. And to, to steal a top commit from the Buckeyes going into the Big Ten, I mean, you can't really draw it up better than that for the Ducks. It definitely does send a message, Max. And, I mean, you talk about – his size, his speed, but what stands out to me is his catch radius. I mean, you're looking at the film right here, and anything that goes his way, he's going to catch it, whether it's over the head, right in front of him, fingertips. You, you mention it, he's going to catch the ball if it's near him. So, I mean, that's a big pickup for Oregon, and then you talk about that wide receiver room. I mean, they had five, I believe, five uh, pickups today um, for National Signing Day, so that's huge for their wide receiver room going into the Big Ten. And then you mentioned it going into the Big Ten, taking a top recruit from Ohio State. That's going to definitely make some heads turn around in um, in Columbus. No doubt about it. And I've talked previously as well about how Missouri is going to be a, a really big piece of what Oregon wants to do on the recruiting trail, not even just offensively in the 2024 class. The Ducks also went into the St. Louis area where McClellan's from to sign Hazelwood Central standout defensive lineman Tion Gray from uh, from Hazelwood Central, excuse me. And this is Dan Lanning's home state. And I think that that kind of went into the, the decision here, right, with the relationship that he was able to build with Jeremiah. And I think as we were kind of getting closer and closer to these final hours, 
And I was thinking to myself, could, could Oregon really pull this one off? I wasn't necessarily getting a lot of Intel. I mean, I knew that they had a very realistic shot and they were certainly involved. They had gone out to see him on the recruiting trail with an in-home visit or at school visit. I don't know which one it was, but they went out to see him. And I was just thinking to myself, well, Junior Adams is a really, really good recruiter. I think he'd kind of been just lurking behind the scenes in the 24 class after the Ducks lost uh, Jordan Anderson. And then you had Dylan Gresham going, taking some of these official visits. We can talk a little about that later. I know you had a story on it, but Junior Adams is a great recruiter. You put that in, you look at what the Ducks have been able to do with the wide receiver spot with Troy Franklin breaking program records this year. And then you add into all of that, that Dan Lanning is from Missouri. I think that those guys might just mean a little bit more, especially given the context and where the class was at, at the wide receiver spot. Yeah. And you talked about it, having that Missouri pipeline. I mean, Oregon, the past couple of years, they've definitely had that SoCal pipeline. Um, They're trying to get into that Texas market. When you talk about Rowan McKinley, he's a Texas guy. He's always talking about the Ducks, wanting more Texas recruits for Oregon, and then uh, adding Missouri with Lanning being from there. I mean, that's huge. The more markets you can tap into as a school, the better you're going to get, the better talent you're going to get. I think I'm not really that good when it comes to player comps. I feel like it's a total shot in the dark a lot of times, um, just as far as if it hits or if it pans out. But the guy that I kind of think of when I when I look at uh, Jeremiah McClellan's tape, it's it's not just because I'm a 49ers fan, but maybe a little bit of Debo Samuel. Um, and Debo Samuel is like the most prolific, one of the best yak yards after catch receivers in the NFL. But I think his ability to get going after the catch um, is part of what really makes him valuable. And th- that's super, super important in any wide receiver. But especially if you're looking at where Oregon's at right now and where they're going to be at the quarterback spot, I'm not necessarily sure if Pelham's a guy who plays super early. Maybe he does. I think I need to do a little bit more digging there to see kind of what he projects as but you gotta if you can get really really good skill talent it's no secret that it takes the pressure off of your quarterback so let's just say hypothetically here he takes a red shirt and then is seriously involved in 2025 when Dante Moore maybe projects to be your starter I think you're only going to be adding more you know weapons for for Dante hypothetically or potentially down the line to to work with which is going to make his job easier and and ultimately result in you having a more potent offense yeah and we talk about Oregon's offense um I kind of like that comp that you made there with Debo and then the 49ers offense I mean you've seen it with Oregon's offense there's been a lot of receivers you saw with Troy Franklin you saw with Tess Johnson you saw Trishon Holden I mean these are guys that are yak receivers when they get the ball in their hands they're gonna make a guy one or two guys miss and get a couple extra yards at least. And so if you keep that going with the type of recruits that you're getting, I mean, it definitely does make it easier for Dante Moore to make some magic happen. And then he did talk about one of the main reasons that uh, he went to Oregon or during his transfer portal era, the couple weeks that he was in there, he talked about wanting to be behind a veteran quarterback and be in a good QB room so he can develop after getting some starts at UCLA and getting some experience. So, I mean, you talk about that, putting him in a good situation with receivers that can make moves, get those extra yards. I mean, definitely does make it easier on him. So the, the Jeremiah McClellan edition is, is just absolutely huge. I think the 
the intel that I had kind of gotten on this one that I can share here that maybe made this one a little bit more interesting in, in the uh, days and hours leading up to it was I was kind of being told that that he was ready to go and ready to make this flip, but maybe there was a little bit of hesitation on the, the family side as far as distance goes. And it's interesting where we find ourselves at because like we talked about again earlier, where is Oregon going to be playing in 2024? in the big 10 and they're going to be playing against teams like Ohio state and Michigan and Michigan state, Penn state. So you kind of wonder here, especially with a guy that's located there, maybe that move to the big 10 helped them again. Right. I talked about in the summer, late summer, early fall, when Dakota fields flipped his commitment from USC to Oregon, that move to the big 10 was a green light for him to go ahead and commit. And if, if, if there is kind of distance to overcome as there was here with Jeremiah McClellan and Oregon, I think that that could be something that maybe helps put the family at ease a little bit more because their schedule as weird as it is now that they're in the big Ten, it's going to be taking them out there. So maybe just a little hidden bonus there in that recruitment. Yeah. I mean, you talk about it definitely playing in the Midwest, you're going to be able to get recruits where their families, they might not be from the West coast and they're from, the East Coast, or met, uh, Midwest area, where they're like, okay, well, at least we can go to some of your away games with these schools near us. Um, I mean, it's definitely. I mean, I wouldn't say it's it's good at the Oregon's going to the Big Ten. We can talk about that at a later day, but um, you're definitely seeing some of the benefits with these recruits that Oregon has gone this past year. Well, flip number one of the day for Dan Landing and the Ducks, Jeremiah McClellan flips from Ohio State to Oregon. And he will be playing his ball in the Big Ten, but it's for the Ducks. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We're talking about the next big addition for the Ducks on the other side of the break right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, talking with Israel LaRue about Oregon's big day one of the early signing period. We just talked about Ohio State, former Ohio State wide receiver commit Jeremiah McCullen flipping and signing with the Oregon Ducks. Big part of that, the letter did come in. I know that some Oregon fans might have been a little bit concerned after what happened with Peyton Bowen last year, going from Notre Dame to Oregon to Oklahoma. But Jeremiah McCullen signed, sealed, and delivered. Now we're talking about commitment number two, Long Beach, California, Milliken High School wide receiver Ryan Pelham has flipped his commitment from the USC Trojans to the Oregon Ducks as Junior Adams strikes again. Twice is nice. 
two is better than one. Whatever you want to put on there is this was a huge, huge statement for the Ducks with a recruiting rival, Pac-12 rival, now Big Ten rival in USC. We know that Junior Adams has made California his home state, obviously a huge part of his recruiting footprint. And this was a really, really big one. I mean, I was I was able to go to Milliken for this commitment ceremony. And um, it was an interesting kind of time because I pre-wrote the story before I left. And then I got there and I was kind of thinking, well, you know, maybe it's going to happen. I feel like there's so much smoke that you know, around this recruitment as far as maybe it could happen. And then Will Stein dropped that uh, that tweet. Actually, maybe let me see if I can pull it up here um, to, to show the folks. Um, I was on my way to Milliken when Stein tweeted this out. It was a little uh, it was a little gif of the Grinch. So give me just a second here while I put <laughs> this up. I, I don't know if you knew the timeline of events with this is, but the, here's the the tweet that he pulled that he put up. This was like 15, 20 minutes before um, Pelham was set to sign his national letter of intent. So once I saw that, I was thinking, okay, is it going to be Pelham? Or are they going to do something crazy with Jordan Seaton? Well, it ended up being Pelham. Uh, I don't want to take up too much time telling the story, but when I was there, he was the the fourth signee to kind of get the stage, get take the platform, take the podium, and uh, just say a few words and then sign his letter. And he said, well, you see all my teammates here. They all have their, you know, jersey or, you know, their school on their little placard that they had, but I don't. And then he said, now I'm going to be telling you guys, I'm going to be flipping my commitment from USC to Oregon and and signing there. And and people were shocked. People were pretty shocked. Uh, I know that was kind of a lot of the response I was getting after I put that video out, seeing that it's a LA guy going away from LA to play for the Ducks. But man, what a huge addition Ryan Pelham is to this 2024 class for Oregon. Definitely the second biggest splash of the day when you talk about that flip, just because of the uncertainty of it. And then, I mean, I talked a little bit earlier, but that pipeline that Oregon has with SoCal, that getting a lot of recruits. I mean, talk about, I feel like it started with Kayvon back in the 2019 class when they got the number one athlete in California. And then since then, they've kind of been hammering that SoCal uh, recruiting area and they even had their or former players talking about, hey, if you want to play for a real school and if you want to play for somewhere where your friends and family from SoCal can be proud of, go up to Eugene, which is weird because you would never have heard that years ago because when you talk about SoCal, usually those hometown kids, they want to go to USC, they want to go to UCLA, they want to represent the hometown. But now I feel like Oregon's getting that traction with SoCal to where it's a destination for highly touted uh, recruits where they want to go. And then you talk about getting another or flipping another receiver. I mean, Junior Adams has done an amazing job today. And then you talk about the other three recruits that he got. I mean, Oregon's uh, 2024 recruit wide receiver recruiting class. I mean, it went crazy. And it's a big part of the reason why Oregon jumped up all the way to the uh, number three recruiting class of this year. I mean, who would have ever thought that? I mean, they just jumped up so high right behind Alabama and Georgia. And you talk about those two teams. Those are two big SEC teams where they recruit really well year in, year out. And then you have Dan Lanning, obviously, from Georgia. And he's building something not only what you see with the defense and the kind of players he's getting at transfer portal, but you talk about recruiting, too, where he's just on another level from these other Pac-12 schools and now going to the Big Ten. He's even separating himself from those Big Ten schools. 
And Southern California is obviously super interesting because it's become such a big pipeline for the Ducks. California has kind of always been the the West Coast nucleus, if you will, uh, of Oregon's recruiting class, kind of dating back uh, all the time. But Southern California in particular is a really interesting one because I think it really kind of kicked into high gear under Mario Cristobal. And during that time, USC was kind of down, right? Clay Helton was struggling with the the Trojans and, and they were able to, Oregon was able to capitalize. So you see what they've been able to do with, with top-notch skill talent, whether it's wide receivers or some cornerbacks, uh, a quarterback in Achilles Smith Jr. out of San Diego committed in the 25 class. Oregon's hammering this area. And I mean, that's, that's a huge part of why I chose to move out here. So, uh, you know, just a personal note, this is why I, I think days like today are so fun because I was able to go see some of this in person. But to talk a little bit more about Pelham, just kind of get into a little bit of eval here. His older brother, Romeo Pelham, who was also who's also his head coach at Milliken, he described him as, as lightning in a bottle. And I think that's really kind of what he brings to the table. I think you have a silky smooth route runner, someone who has really, really good body control, great hands, twitchy guy. I saw him in a game against Long Beach Jordan that it was like a 50 point shootout and he was playing some receiver and making plays. He was playing some DB and making plays. And I remember he had one huge play where he chased a guy down from like 30 yards or something out and then punched the ball loose. They actually ended up calling a horse collar, but it was just one of those plays where you're like, my God, that dude just made it happen. So incredibly versatile. He can do a little bit of everything. Um, you see the juke right there, just the ability to keep the play alive. Uh, is is pretty phenomenal. So I think it's it's obvious that Ryan Pelham has the potential to be a very special player for Oregon. Yeah, and you talk about the receivers are leaving in uh, uh, Troy Franklin and others, um, and you just look at it and say, like, okay, well, Oregon, they've kind of reloaded, and honestly, they didn't really need to at the receiver position having Jury on Dickey. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm just really excited to see how this specific – wide receiver class pans out in the coming years and seeing if any of them get some playing time like Troy Franklin did his first year. I mean, Troy, um, obviously going to the draft, but he was a very special talent and someone who made an impact right away as a freshman. So I'm interested to see if any of these receivers can do so as well. Another thing I'm really excited about with, with Romeo Pelham is just, or sorry, Ryan Pelham is just uh, you, you've heard about feed the studs, that kind of offensive mentality or philosophy. And that's certainly what we saw this past year from Will Stein. I mean, Troy Franklin really led the way statistically, but you saw some, some, you saw the ducks get a huge contribution from Tez Johnson. So we know that more than one guy can eat in this system and 5'11, 170, 175 pounds is what you're looking at with, with Ryan Pelham. So I think he could, definitely be a guy that that carves out a role it's hard to say how many guys are necessarily going to play early especially when it comes to the wide receiver spot because Troy Franklin played early but it wasn't in a huge feature role and that was a totally different deal because the Mario Cristobal offense didn't really lean on the pass at all um so it's going to be a different deal and then we didn't really see Jerion Dickey play too much this year you know he was kind of banged up and I think a lot of people see a five-star and they just automatically think, oh, he's going to start or he's going to play a lot. So maybe maybe he makes sense to temper some expectations there. But 
I think that the Ducks obviously continue to stay involved here with Ryan Pelham. I think the I was hearing the chatter about him maybe one and a half, one, one and a half week, weeks ago. So they kept going, and, and obviously it paid off in a big way with the commitment on Wednesday. Yeah, and just again, I mean, taking a recruit from USC, I mean, if you're a Duck fan, you got to be cheering because you got a recruit from Ohio State and from USC. I mean, you're already making noise heading into the Big Ten. And USC, I don't know, I kind of feel like they thought they could kind of dodge Oregon for a little bit moving conferences, and then Oregon a year later, obviously, changes conferences. So, um, I mean, USC and UCLA are going to have to deal with Oregon not only on the field, but on the recruiting field as well for a long time to come. All right, let's see what else we can get into here. Uh, another note I probably should have gotten into earlier, um, maybe for some of our longer longer time Oregon fans, Ryan Pelham is the nephew of former Oregon linebacker coach Don Pelham. So you see the the family name there, the family legacy that that he'll have the opportunity to continue upon arriving in Eugene. I was able to talk to Romeo Pelham after Ryan's commitment. I also have an interview with Ryan uh, up on ducksdigest.com. So make sure you go check that one out and give it a read. It is free. Um, right now it's looking like Pelham is planning to play in the Under Armour All-American Bowl, but there's still a possibility that he could join the team and enroll with the Ducks in time to join Fiesta Bowl practice. But we do know that he's going to be enrolling at the very latest on January 8th. So still a little bit up in the air um, as far as when he's ultimately going to get to Eugene. But it sounds like he's going to be uh, a winter enrollee, which is great for the Ducks. You always want to get those guys in the fold. It kind of feels like uh, an extra not a spring necessarily, but just getting that extra time, getting those guys acclimated is going to be tremendously valuable to just kind of getting them going and, and ultimately seeing if they can kind of contribute in 2024. Definitely. You, uh, I mean, I always like seeing recruits getting in in the winter because you talk about it. They get the extra practice in, get uh, settled into the offense, if they're on the offense, uh, defense, if they're on the defense. And then you talk about the spring game too. I mean, getting to play in there too. I mean, I feel like that's some valuable experience, especially for the newer guys. Absolutely. It is. So just to kind of wind down a little bit on today's episode of the pod, I know you referenced the rankings there a bit earlier is I think right now it looks like two, four, seven has Oregon's class at number five. Uh, I did see them at three earlier. I think there just might be a little bit of fluctuation because guys are still flipping guys are still committing across the country. So We'll see what happens, but as of right now, 4.53 p.m. out west, the Ducks have signed their entire 2024 uh, recruiting class, whether that's from the, the prep ranks or the, the one JUCO guy they have, Sione Lavalea the third from College of San Mateo. The Ducks already have that in the fold, and they're still working with, uh, with a number of top transfer portal targets, whether you're looking at Derek Harmon, the Michigan State defensive line transfer, or... Um, uh, another guy like Walter Nolan, the defensive lineman from Texas A&M. Oregon is still very much pursuing guys now in the transfer portal. And then aside from those guys, it's on to the 2025 class is. So however this app wraps up, it really does look like Dan Lanning is more than likely going to be the first coach in program history to sign a top five class, which has really been rarefied air. Yeah, I feel like everything that Dan has been doing I mean, you talk about rarefied air, stuff that he's done in his first two seasons um, with the transfer he's gotten, with the way that he's gotten the team to play so quickly, bolstering the defense, 
Um, I mean, you talk about those two potential transfers on the D-line. I mean, that would really help the D-line with a lot of guys leaving. But, uh, I mean, you talk about it. This year's done. It's on to look into 2025 now. All right. So there is one more guy that we should just mention super quick before we hop on out of here. That is 2024 Fairfield, California, our Mio defensive lineman, Jericho Johnson. He is set to announce his college commitment tomorrow. That's Thursday, December 21st. So make sure you guys stay tuned in for that announcement. He is working from a top four of Oregon, USC, Washington, and Utah. I've had my pick in on Oregon for about two months now, I want to say. And based on the latest that I'm hearing, I still think that Oregon is in a great spot to add him. But before we get out of here is let the people know where they can find you and kind of what you got going on in this space. Yeah, I mean, you can find me on Twitter at Israel underscore LaRue. Um, just helping Max out, putting out the news, keeping Oregon fans updated on everything from recruiting to transfers to in-game analysis. I mean, we're doing it all. We're grinding and we're excited to do more stuff for you guys. Right on, right on. Well, make sure you guys lock in with Iz. He has been doing an awesome job. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, he had a story about Oregon signing Dylan Gresham, a wide receiver, big deep ball threat from San Jacinto, California, holding off a late push from Arizona and USC. That was kind of an underrated storyline, I think, from the day. Being able to hold on to every commit that you had was absolutely phenomenal for Dan Lanning and the Ducks. But if you guys want to find more of me, Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtaurussports. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus. I think we're like two subs away from 3,000, and that's been the goal that I've been driving for. So really appreciate your guys' support. You can read all of my work covering the Ducks over at ducksdigest.com. And then do me a favor, share the show with your friends, with other Duck fans, and with your family. But until next time, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.